listening to the Why Are You Interview Podcast, Episode 16. Hi, kitty cats. I am Amethysta Herrick, your hostess for Why Are You, an interview podcast about identity. In the last show, we learned about how identity can blossom simply by changing location from Brazil to Ireland. In this show, we meet Robin, who has traveled the world and learned humanity is better defined by our similarities than our differences. This content is brought to you by subscribers of my Substack publication. If you are already a subscriber, thank you so much. If you would like to support shows just like this one, as well as my writing and my podcasts, please consider subscribing using the links that you're going to find in the show notes. Enjoy this interview with Robin. All right, coming to you today in a completely different format. Um, I have Robin with me today. First of all, Robin, thank you so much for agreeing to join me today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So just like everybody else, that I've interviewed. Um, I know you, Robin, from, from Medium, for the, through your work on Medium. But I have done the standard, you know, I've got to go and stalk you, cyber stalk you in some way, in a good way. Naturally. <laughs> as good as it gets, I think, as good as cyber stalking gets. Um, I noticed, so I see you, you know, you do have a, a, a degree in journalism, or, or yes, I'm sorry, a degree in journalism and political science, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, really useful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't don't kill my question right off the bat. You know, give me a, give me a second to ask it first. But so I've seen you know you've moved among journalism, and then your website shows um, you know company branding. So so copywriting, I, I presumably for for uh, for companies, and now you write extensively on Medium, and. In the midst of all this, you've traveled the world pretty much. Is like every single, is it every continent? Did you get to every continent? Not yet. Not yet. Um, I haven't been to South America or Africa yet. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. So then you have been to Antarctica. That was the one. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's a continent. <laughs> My <Okay>. bad. <laughs> all right. So so four, four out of seven, though. Not too shabby. So... The question I want to ask you just right off the bat, like, why can't you sit still? There's a whole lot of change going on there, a whole lot of movement. Um, yeah. Um, sitting still doesn't sound like nearly as much fun. No. Um, so, so, so funny that you mentioned the journalism and the political science. So the reason that I took those was actually because I wanted to be like a globetrotting journalist. Mm. Um, you know, be in war zones and natural disasters and cover cover all the news and political upheaval and, and all of that. Um, unfortunately, however, I graduated in um, the early 2000s, which is right when professional journalism jobs were taking a massive hit because of um, this new thing around called the internet. Oh, I Because I'm that old. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there there wasn't really many journalism jobs and the ones that were available were going to all the people who were laid off. So that kind of put mm -hmm. a wrench in my plans. 
and I ended up getting a job um, at a tech company. Um, it was a um, technology sales company called Soft Choice. One of my friends worked there, and they got me in, and I ended up, I ended up actually really liking it, but it didn't satisfy that sense of adventure and travel that I wanted. So I ended up quitting that job after about a year, year and a half, uh, despite it being an awesome job. Like it was one of those like Google kind of companies back when there weren't a lot of companies like that. Like you could wear flip-flops and board shorts to work. You could bring sure. your dog. We'd be around Fridays. You could high-five the president like, what's up, D-Mac? It was great. Um, I don't know but, if yeah, you could ever do that at Google, though. I think he would have killed you if you did. Hey, what's up? You know, I can't think of his name, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, was Larry Page probably at that point that long ago? <laughs> I'll say yes. Um, but yeah, so I ended up quitting that job and I went to go teach English overseas and I went to Korea and I did that for a bit. And then um, my dad wanted to start a business in Mexico in a city called Playa del Carmen. So I went there to help him with that, you know, with all of my robust 23-year-old, 24-year-old knowledge at that point. <laughs> sure. Um, so so that didn't take, but it, but I ended up really falling, falling in love with the city, and I lived there for the better part of 11 years, 12 years, I think, or something I was there. And I love that, but I... That still wasn't wasn't even enough, so I took different trips. Like I spent six months traveling around Southeast Asia. I took six months um, from where I was in Mexico, going all the way down to Costa Rica, hitting all the different countries mm -hmm. on the way. Actually, I, I, I was supposed to hit Panama, but somehow, despite having six months, I ran out of time. <laughs> wow. Well, I did. I did. I did the same thing in Asia. Um, I did six months in Asia, and there's still countries I had to cut off the trip that I did, that, that I didn't get to. But you, you also did time, I think, in Asia too. So, right? Where it didn't you said <laughs> you said you were you were you were detained somewhere? East, yeah, the, the the detention camp in East Timor. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was brief, you know. So my <laughs> stint of hardcore jail time in Asia is limited. I will I will say that. That's good. Um, it was only a day. Oh, you probably didn't even break many rocks in that much time. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Um, but that, that, that was a funny story. Um, that was when I was traveling with this group of Australians. So I was in um, Lombok, which is this island next to Bali. Okay. And I went to Lombok for two things, um, to climb Mount Rinjani and to go diving. And unfortunately, a massive tropical storm hit. It flooded out all the pathways on the mountain, so I, so I couldn't climb the mountain. And because the same trop tropical storm, the visibility in the ocean, if you went diving, not that you could safely, but you're, like, you would have seen about this far in front of your face. Sure. So I just kind of ended up puttering around the hostel and local area and met this crazy group of Australians who are absolutely phenomenal. And... It turned from, hey, come over, have a drink with us, to let's go, let's rent a van and travel around this Lombok Island, and we did that. And then, and then they were actually going to invite me onto their sailboat, because they sailed from Darwin in Australia to East Timor to have some work done on the boat, and the work was done, and they were going to sail, sail back. 
Sure, but sure. they were they were gonna hit um, they were gonna hit hit um, East Timor first, and I'm like, okay, well I can go there and then I can fly back, um, and go to like Komodo Island and and some other stuff. Um, but then we 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 went to check on the boat, and as we were just kind of waiting around, swimming in the water, waiting for the captain to check the work, um, they realized that when they did the woodwork they put the um, pump on backwards. So instead of pumping water out of the boat. No, pumps it in. Pumps it in. (laughs) Yeah. So they couldn't end up taking the boat back. And we we ended up, um, um, we're going to take a flight to this island that was an hour south uh, for this stick fighting festival there's an annual stick fighting festival and sure you know as you do like and i'd actually had a friend who trained for a while and got into this stick fighting festival i think it was like two years before that and it sounded really cool so i wanted to go so we we got on this little plane that fit like i don't know 12 people um and we were flying for a while and we ended up landing and all of the flight the flight crew, well, the, which is basically just the pilot and co-pilot, they just, yeah. like, opened the doors and kind of ran away across the tarmac. And we're like, okay, that was weird, but we deplaned. And as we're walking towards the airport, the, the terminal, we look and it says, um, um, welcome, to, welcome to West Timor. And we're like, we're not supposed to be here. No, they flew over the island we were supposed to go to and just landed oh, on another island and just left us there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> so they figured, well, we got to go to East Timor anyway. So what we're going to do is we're going to rent a van and we'll just drive. Like, we'll, we'll rent a van with a driver and he'll drive us, you know, over to the border and stuff. Um, but we didn't know that as a foreigner... You can't just pass from West Timor, which is part of Indonesia, okay. to East Timor, which is its own country. You can do I it see. as East Timorese, or you can do it as Indonesian, but you can't do it as a foreigner. Now, we're the only dumbasses who had tried this, apparently, and they didn't even know what to do with us. Oh, jeez. Um, so, we kind of got stuck, and they're kind of like trying to call around to people and like what do we do with these dumb <laughs> foreigners like what do we do with these do with, with these stupid white people sure and in the meantime well, they'd, while have, they were, they'd have to build a prison right they'd like right then they'd go oh shoot i don't know put together a couple of get jim with some blocks you know yeah so so we got stuck in detention camp because we're in no man's land we've left we've technically left indonesia but we're sure technically still persona non grata in in East Timor. Yeah. So we're just in this no man's land and there is no detention camp because nobody's dumb enough to do this apparently. Sure. So our detention camp was, oh, for, for anyone listening, I'm using air quotes. Um, <laughs> our detention camp was the border guard's cousin had this like concrete shack, I guess you could say. Sure. And that was our detaining space and it it was actually on the waters we're like oh well this is kind of pretty despite 
not having electricity or running water or a bathroom or anything. Yeah. Um, we're like, well, at, at least we can, like, we can go for a swim in the water. And we asked them, like, are we allowed to swim? Like, what are we allowed to do? And they're like, well, you're stuck between two countries, so you literally have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, so can we go for a swim? He's like, well, you could. He's like, but do you see any local swimming? And we're like, no. And they're like, yeah, that's because it's full of crocodiles. Okay. And it's like, well, we we really have nowhere to go. We couldn't even swim to safety if we wanted to. Um, <laughs> Eaten by Timorese crocodiles. Crocodiles. Or Indonesian, I guess it depends on which yeah. direction you swim. But I'm not sure how the crocodiles identify politically. So I, I couldn't get close enough to ask them. Yeah, they um, might be international crocodiles. That's a good point. I didn't... <laughs> International waters, maybe. I don't yeah, know. right. If they're out three miles, something yeah. like that. But 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 I'm with this group of Australians, and Aussies are like, ah, just crocs. Don't worry about it, mate. Jeez. Oh, because <laughs> because uh, Aussies aren't afraid of anything. No. Um, yeah, and we were stuck there. We're stuck there for a day, and they were lucky enough to have friends in um, in Dili, the capital of East Timor, who had been okay. there throughout throughout the Indonesian withdrawal, which was just this bloody massacre that was absolutely horrible. Um, and they had, like, they, like, they were sheltering people, like, in the cabinet under their sink, like, in, like, anywhere they had space, they were sheltering Indonesians who were in danger. Oh, boy. Yeah, throughout throughout this thing. At this point, I think it had happened about 11 years ago, but I don't even remember when I traveled there. It was at least 10 years ago, so it, it, it happened a little while ago. Um, but so because they'd been there through all of this and had been there a while, they kind of had gotten to know a lot, a lot of the government people. So they ended up getting a hold of the leader of immigration and got us sprung, finally. And out of the concrete there. shack. Out of the, yeah, out of the concrete shack, surrounded by crocodiles in, in, in yeah. no man's land. In in some in some like guard's cousin's backyard, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, as it goes. <laughs> like you do. But like what it. fuels this? Why do you why do you why why do you want to do this? Why is the whole why is the world your oyster? I don't know what that means. Actually, I said that that phrase came. But what is that? Is that good or bad? Like, I don't really like oysters. Okay. I am not. I'm not a huge fan of oysters either. Yeah, see. Um, yeah no, I like I like the world. I, I find it intriguing and, and interesting, and I think it's some of the I think it's some of the most interesting thing you can do to travel, and especially like I come from Canada, not exactly the most exciting country on, <laughs> like on the planet. Like we're known for maple syrup and being nice. Mm-hmm. True. True. Like well, it, and hockey. Yeah, I don't like hockey. <laughs> I'm a bad Canadian. Do you know what you should have done? You should have, when you were in the, the detention center, right, the detention, you should have said, can we at least play hockey? Oh, then they would have yeah. known you were Canadian at least, right? Maybe not. Yeah, except it was like 45 degrees Celsius. <laughs> it was so hot. All right, hot. that makes oh, it more God. difficult. But, it was yeah. so hot. Um, but yeah, I just, I just love to travel because it's exciting and people are so interest people are so interesting. 
do you think if do you think it would be good for everybody to travel like the entire like if everybody left you know whatever the country of origin just to see the world do you think that would be a good idea um well not having enough planes aside mm-hmm. yeah it'd be it'd be it'd be it'd be great for everybody to travel because you really get you really get a different view on perspectives yeah um However, there are some people who honestly should not travel. I've met some people who, who shouldn't travel. Sure. Um, the, those are the people like leaving Twinkie wrappers, you know, wherever they go. This, Oh, hey, look, we're at Haleakala. That's great. Hey, where do I throw the Twinkie wrapper? Well, it's a volcano, right? Just throw it in there. It's going to burn up. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or the tourists who want to travel other places but also want the places to be able to treat them exactly the same way as at home. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Where are the people who speak, speak English? English? Right. How, how there do, you go. How, how, how do you not speak English? Um, sir, this is Italy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So good point. Good point. So some people should not, but certainly the, the, the experience is being able to see other aspects of the world. I got to imagine you know, has helped you, helped your perspective, you know, throughout life. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Um, and I think one, it was well, kind of non-committal. One, that's me in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think one thing it definitely helps, uh, traveling definitely helps, helps with is, you start seeing the world as a much smaller place and you start seeing borders as being so much more permeable than they are. Um, Yeah. You don't, you don't see countries as staunchly divided geographically and politically and everything as, as, as before um, when you travel and for, for, for example, I went to Japan and Japan just before that sounded like this crazy far off concept in Never Neverland. I'm like, this place does not exist. Like they had robots like 35 years ago. Sure. And, and it just sounds like this incredibly like almost alien like experience to go to some of these countries that are literally halfway across the world in different languages and different different everything for some people like it's the equivalent of going to Mars. But then you realize, oh, it's only a 13-hour plane ride. Which in Canada, like, you can, in Canada, you can drive for 13 hours, and you look at a map, and, like, you haven't even moved yet. You're right. <laughs> you haven't gotten to the next province, you know. <laughs> That's a good point. So, yeah, the, the, the world becomes a lot, the more you travel, the world becomes a lot smaller of a place. And you start seeing a lot more commonalities than differences yeah. in people. Boy, that sounds like it would be a good thing for us all to to cultivate. So I have questions here that I always try to pattern after the five senses, at least at this point. They may or may not work, but, you know, cut me a little slack with them. Um, are you ready for these? They're, 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 they're not hard. Just, you know. All right. It, 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 if they're softball, sure. But I like hard questions too. All right. Well, okay. Well, so so the first the first one I got actually has to do with travel. Look at that. Nailed Almost it. Almost like I 
Yeah, almost like I looked at your background before I started <laughs> writing down questions. So the, my, my first question, so I, you mentioned um, languages, that there are so many languages that you hear. Um, well, you didn't say that, actually, but you said going to Japan was a different language. I extrapolated a little bit. It's kind of I, I I pretty much said that in a different way. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, it was close. Of the languages you've heard, what do you think was the most beautiful? <sighs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Spanish is beautiful, but I think I might be a little biased because I took the time to learn that one. Sure. So. Sure. So I mean, I would say Spanish, but it, I think that would just be because I learned it better. Um. There, there, there are so many different things that, that I love about different languages. Um, and for me, I think I love accents even more than languages. Okay. And I, so, um, um, Trevor Noah, um, stand-up comedian and, and, mm -hmm. and was, um, captain of the daily show for a while. Um, he, he said something about accents that are, that I really love. And he said, an accent is just somebody speaking your language with the rules and conventions of theirs. And I think that's why for me, accents were always such a big thing because like, while I love language, some of them, like you literally can't understand a word. I mean, sure. when, when, when I went to France, I could understand a good chunk of it because I'm Canadian and we all have to learn at least a little bit of French. Okay. I actually um, didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah so we, we we remember we I'm 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 American. We don't have to we don't have to learn anything about other countries because there's <laughs> only us. It's not true. I know it's not true. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah, so I think there there's certain languages and like Italian you can pick up words here and there. Like so so the Latin based languages you can understand bits and pieces and that gives you sort of one frame of reference for it but then you hear some different ones that like a slavic based language or mm -hmm. you know um all the different languages in, in asia or africa sure you literally can't understand a single thing they're saying unless they drop in an english word right so really you're hearing you're not hearing the language so much as the accent and the way that and the way and the way that they say it, I see. So for me, it's for me, it's always accents. I think one of my favorites is the um, Norwegian accent. They're very sing-songy. Okay. And, they, and so if they're talking, if they're talking, when they're talking, they're always going up and down, okay. and it sounds it sounds like they're vocally bouncing, and it, mm -hmm. it just I don't sure. I don't know why it makes me so happy. No, I like um, that. Does, actually, though, because now I'm curious. You know, you've, speaking about, I forget how, exactly how you put it. I think you said using your language with the rules and conventions of, of, the, of theirs. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. How does, I mean, has, have you, mm, I'm trying to figure out how even, to, how even to ask this, because you're a writer, you, you know, you're a journalist. How have you, Strong you know, word, how, but Yeah. <laughs> Close enough, right? But close enough. How do you? <laughs> I mean, like, how does how does that how does that aspect get uh, get kind of wrapped into writing? I mean, if you're going to write somebody else's story, 
then you're not even using like a vocal accent. Do you see where my question is coming from? Should I just move on? No, not, not, I get it. Um, I don't know if I can really answer that because I don't really tell other people's stories. Um, there, there's a lot of writers who do, but I don't. I'm more of a reporting the facts type of person okay. as opposed to okay. telling the narrative of another person. I don't really even tell my own narrative that much unless I'm mentioning it as part of something else. Sure. So more men mentioning it in passing or mentioning it just to give myself whatever street cred I can muster from, from that little factoid about me. But I don't really write personal narratives or the narratives of other people. Okay. Well, that much makes sense. It's okay. Um, all right, let me, I'm going to move on. I have a, cause it, cause there's another, I asked you for the most beautiful language you had heard in, in traveling the world. And I'm not even sure how much I really want to answer, ask this question, but I'm going to ask it. What was the most disturbing, and you define what disturbing means, what was the most disturbing scene that you saw? Um, so, so when I, when I was in Korea, um, I, I was living there teaching um, English. Um, you walk around and you see you see you see tons of dogs, mainly like Shih Tzus and a lot of Shih Tzus, um, sometimes like Pomeranians, but it's generally small dogs. And I I think a lot of that is because there's a lot of people living in apartments, mm -hmm. and a small dog just seems you know more practical. Oh sure. And I think I'd been there a month, and I was hanging out with my Korean friend Jess. And I saw these two giant dogs, like wolfhound-sized dogs. And, and, and I go to Jess, I'm like, oh, can, can, can you ask the dude if I can pet him? Because obviously my Korean wasn't fluent. Oh, sure. It never has been fluent, probably never will be fluent. Um, and she's like, uh, yeah, I can ask him if you want to. And I'm like, yeah, I love big dogs. And she's like, okay. So she kind of asked the guy and the guy's like, Okay, sure. So I'm petting the dog. And I'm like, hi, puppies, hi, puppies. And and Jess and, and the guy are just kind of like looking around. And I'm like, hey, Jess, what's going on? And she's like, um, don't get too attached to the dogs. And I'm like, why? And she's like, oh, they're for eating. No, no, come on. And I'm like, huh. Hmm. And I mean... At the time, I was a little bit horrified, but I was also happy to see that, like, these dogs were being out and healthy and exercising sure. and, you know, treated well by the, by the, by the guy who had them. And I'm like, well, that's better than what we do to a lot of our animals that we eat. So For sure. I was actually a little bit happy by that because yeah. that's not always the way it goes. Mm -hmm. No, with, no. With animals, so. Not at all. You, you know, I told you to define the how you would define disturbing because I kind of figured you were going to say, well, I once saw this one person wearing like a, a colander for a hat and, and you know, look like Joxer from Xena or something. But Oh, you can just see that on the subway. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but like... The like that, 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 that that's like every day on the subway in New York. Col colanders though? Because I think those are usually pots. I think of anything colanders are a bit more practical headwear than 
than pots. Yeah, wouldn't you figure? Because uh, you would probably not, you wouldn't sweat as much. You know, yeah. there you go. Yeah, better, but, but better, better aeration, more aerodynamic, lighter. Right, right. Oh, lighter. Yeah, right. Yeah. Pro probably less um, protection against rain is is the only, the only bummer. You make a good point. A hat with holes isn't a great hat. Yeah, yeah. But if you needed to get like a balayage, that might it might be great. You just wear your colander in, you know, the 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 individual strand bleaching balayage. No. Oh, that's what oh, I'm like. What's balayage? <laughs> Sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, where they pull the hair through. Yeah. 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 See, so you could go in like built in. This, they show up. They go, well, let's get you a. Hey, you already got a colander. Well done. Let's just get our little needle and start moving. But yeah, that's. That's that's far too fancy for me. I dye and cut my own hair. Dang, you cut your own hair? I'm a Swiss Army woman. <laughs> you are. That's not bad. So that could be definitely disturbing if you're, you know, you're like, you did it, uh, oh hey, what happened? Oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never done that. However, currently I have kind of like a a little bit of a bang situation, and that was because I got too close to the barbecue when I was lighting it. And it was just a big fireball, and it singed the hair right here. And at first, it was like this short, then this, then this, sure, then this, then this, sure. and now it's down to here. So that's why I, that's why I have these little bangs that it's I do right better. now. So what you could have said was, well, about four months ago, a really disturbing thing was when this fireball flew up into my <laughs> face. That was kind of disturbing. Yeah, I've done worse. <laughs> Yeah, probably. All right. So when you go, to, so you've traveled a lot, right? And I, and I've got, um, I'm just going to ask the question. What, what to you is like the definitive smell of, of traveling? Like you, you know, you're going to go travel and you're like, oh yeah, that was that smell of travel. It really depends on what you, what country you're in. Um, I've been to, I've been to some tropical islands where you just walk off the plane and you're just hit with this scent of fruits and tropical flowers mm -hmm. and the whole place smells like, like perfume you'd buy in, you'd buy in a store. Yeah. And then I've been to places where it's a big city and it's, you know, there's a lot of garbage and stuff and the whole place smells like garbage. Sure. Rotting in the rotting in you know forty degree heat, which <laughs> that's Celsius, but that's really hot. Yeah, yeah. No, that's like I'll make sure. I'll make sure. Hot. Yeah, every like every listener will get like a free calculator. <laughs> well, I mean, like you pay for the calculator, but everybody can get a calculator, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you, actually, I'll you know what I will stick a uh, a Fahrenheit a Celsius to Fahrenheit uh, calculator in the show notes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, could you imagine? But that was, well, you know, was... well, you 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 you've got to be able to convert world units to freedom units. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, that's ouch. That's <laughs> extremely true. <laughs> extremely true, and still a little ouch. Um, because I was thinking you would say something like, "Oh, jet fuel," or, or you know. Salisbury steak, you know, that you get on the, on the, well, they don't serve food on flights anymore, do they? It's been a while uh, since it, I've been on it, a long flight. It, it, it depends how long you are. 
or how, how oh, long okay. the flight is. If it's a, okay. if it's a short flight, like anything under five hours, generally they don't serve serve a meal. But if you're going on a flight that's you know seven eight hours plus, you're you're, you're definitely getting a meal. And for example, when when I um, the times I flew to Asia, um, you generally get more than one meal because the flight would often be twelve hours. 13 yeah, hours. hours sure. yeah. um, Wait, you're in the air the whole time? Yeah. I'm I'm forgive me. I'm you know I'm kind of naive. So So anyway, planes can go really far. Hey, you want to hear the next that? question? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a complete fool. <laughs> A large well, part of me. <laughs> well, if you're if you're flying, for example, like Toronto to Tokyo or Toronto yeah. to Bangkok. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's around twelve hours. Oh shoot. Okay. And 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 often you don't get a direct flight unless you're like made of money. So mm -hmm. often I um so for example when I flew to Korea the first time I had to fly from um Toronto to. Tokyo, Tokyo to Seoul, Seoul to Busan. Oh, gosh. And the whole okay. thing took me about, I think it was like 22 hours. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So travel's also long. So you can yeah, fly. Two, but it's two worth things it. I learned today. Well, sure. Two things I learned today. One is you can be in a plane for a really long time. <laughs> except when you don't have any money, and then you're going to be in a plane even longer. Yeah. And and then actually, I guess I, I learned, um, what kind of dogs were they that you were petting? Like what breed? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. They were, they were, they were big. They were like the size of like wolfhounds, but I don't know the, I don't know the exact breed. They were, um, they were for eating. Yeah. So, so in Korea, like you don't get, you know, dog in like street food or something. It's, it's a delicacy. It's oh, expensive, okay. so you're not you're not getting it accidentally. I see, I see, and this was the other, that's the main reason why everybody was kind of weirded out by that, right? It's like, look, also don't you know don't get too attached, but also don't like go running off with one of them because it's you know worth <laughs> many worth worth a lot of money. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well. Well. After. After that. Gosh, there was, there was one question that I wrote down that I thought, how do you, how do you actually, like, back into a question like this? But I'm about to ask it, and you're going to go, dang, we backed into that, didn't we? If we were, say, you know, so, somewhere where, where, um, where, where cooking your leg, like if your leg got taken off for, for it to be cooked... What would the, what would the recipe what would that recipe be like? Uh, I think I'd like to see it turned into maybe like a tandoori or oh. Korean jerk. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. I don't. Know, yeah. I think I think I just want to be spicy. Something spicy. Yeah. So like, it, if somebody's eating my leg, I want it to burn their mouth a little bit. Just as like my final, fuck you for eating my leg, I guess. No. <laughs> well, you could make it, right? I mean, it's just, 
I mean, what if you just got a really like a really bad break and they go, hey, we don't want to waste this. I mean, this is like <laughs> prime. This is like prime Robin here. I mean, you know, rump roast. I don't know. No. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't think I have enough on my rump to roast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I, so I could have done it, but, but, but you know, though, like, I'm, I'm curious, like, what if you, <clears throat> I'm thinking about this myself, like, what if that ended up happening? <clears throat> they go, look, we don't want to waste, we don't want to waste this leg. Incidentally, I mean, you know, you just lost a leg. I mean, sit down, have a sandwich or something. You know, I mean, I can imagine, I'd be like, yeah. That's like jerk spices, isn't it? That's my leg. I wonder what that would be like. This like, is the I weirdest think question care. I think I've ever been asked. Probably. Probably. And I kind of didn't want to write it down. And then I thought, well, maybe somehow we'll get into it. And I would have changed it. <laughs> well, I'm glad so. I can make it happen for you. Yeah. Are you... I don't yeah. think you really are. So. <laughs> All right. My last question, and this is actually a good one. So every time you go somewhere, you do have to leave it. Right? I mean, it's just yeah. kind of how it works. You go well, somewhere, unless you have I to just leave. don't leave. I've done that a couple times. You, you... All right, like, I have to think about that one. But... Or just stay longer. Like, for, for, for <laughs> example, I went to, I went to Playa del Carmen, New Mexico, for, you know, a little bit to help my dad. And then I stayed there for like 10 years, sure. over 10 years. But you're here um, now. So, I mean. And then I accidentally went to Australia with those crazy Australians. And I wasn't planning on staying a month and I stayed a month. Oh. So I just didn't leave for a while. But eventually True. Australia wanted me to leave. So. Also, I ran out of money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was hoping... Yeah, I was hoping it wasn't like, you know, extradition or something, but... I've not been kicked out of a country yet. Okay, that's good. I've snuck into a country. Wait a minute. Was it across... <laughs> for, was it from Mexico into the United States? Because, ha-ha, wouldn't that be funny? Um, no, no. Um, it was actually going into Guatemala from Mexico. Okay. Yeah, um, you get this little tourist card like a piece of paper that, that you put in your passport and sure. you have to have that when you leave and I'd lost it because it's a flimsy little piece of paper I, I'm normally good about not losing those things but I think I must have lost it like going through Mexican customs or something because I had it but then I guess moving my passport around it must have fallen out so I lost mm -hmm. it and I was taking a bus um, that went from Oh, I don't remember where in Mexico, but it was going to uh, Antigua, Guatemala. And you had to get off the bus, do the immigration stuff, and then get sure. back on the bus and keep going. And I told the bus driver, I'm like, um, I lost my little card. And he's like, oh, that's not good. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, you're, you're, you're Mexican, right? And he's like, yeah, Mexican. And we're, 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 we're saying this in Spanish. I'm like... <laughs> You know a way. I'm like, tu sabes, tu sabes. And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay, when everyone else walks right, just keep walking straight just across the border. And I'm like, is that going to work? He's like, mm -hmm. 
So I did that, and it worked, and I just walked. And it worked. Oh, shoot. Because everybody there was like, I don't know. She must know where she's going. She's been here. She's going the right direction, so what the heck? Yeah, I don't think they care that much about... Maybe not. People coming, like, very obvious tourists, not locals, coming from one side to the other. And they probably thought, like, oh, she's lost. And I don't speak English, so I'm not going to bug her. That's a good point, yeah. See, sometimes there's there's value in looking like you're not going to speak the language. Oh, yeah. I, I have a lot of fun with not looking like I speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. <laughs> I believe um, that. Because let's face it, like, blonde hair, blue eyes. While there are people that look like me in Mexico, that's not the majority. No. So... So most people assume that I'm not going to understand Spanish when they speak. So right. I get to hear a lot of shit that I, that wasn't meant for me. What wasn't meant for me to hear. Right. It's right. Fun. When the next drop was, things like that. All right. <laughs> let me go back to that question because that one question, you do have to leave places. And so my question was going to be these people that you meet, when you say goodbye to them, when you know you're not going to see this person again, like mo- most likely for the rest of your life, what would it, what is, what will that person feel when you say goodbye to them? Like, how are you going to say goodbye? Um, I would say a lot of the times that, that, that that's happened has been when traveling, like backpacking and, Kind of what you do when you get on these backpacking circuits is you make a friend for a little bit or friends and you travel with them provided like for, for as long as you're going in the same direction and you do a bunch of stuff together and then sure. you part ways and you're just like, all right, it's been great. Peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then you move on and like you'll think about them, you know, once in a while when you're thinking about the things that you did and they'll think about you. But I think you just get to a point where you don't push trying to stay friends because you know it's not going to happen true like true yeah you can add each other on you know twitter instagram facebook whatever but you're just going to message a few times and then eventually going to stop so like often true. like yeah you'll you'll add somebody to your social network just for shits and giggles but you both know that you're probably not going to see each other again however occasionally it has happened where somebody has gone to a place where I'm going to and I'll be like oh hey you're in you know you're in Costa Rica let's let's meet up and oh my gosh <laughs> that'd be amazing I can't even imagine that but okay so yeah. saying goodbye then so saying goodbye then is pretty is nonchalant more or less it's kind of a laters at this point for me yeah wow I'm, yeah. I'm bad at saying goodbye. Like if I Practice met somebody, perfect. <laughs> obviously, you, obviously you don't run away from a lot of people's lives. <laughs> no, I suppose well, not. Yeah, pr- <laughs> practice makes the practice makes perfect, which makes me think that you're about to say, "Can we just end this? You know, say goodbye now." But, but I can't imagine. Remember, I'm probably going to talk to you once, like as soon as we finish this. <laughs> but I can't imagine, like. You know, you spend two weeks with somebody, you like campfires, whatever, and then you just go, eh, later. But actually, now that I think about it, there was, I can't think of the guy's name. There was a dude I knew that I hung out with a lot 
No, I do know his name. His name was John. I remember. And he went away for graduate school and I didn't. I was still an undergraduate. He was, you know, a semester ahead or something. And he's about, you know, he's getting ready to go and he's packing stuff up. And he looks at me and I'm kind of like, do we, you know, is there? And he goes, all right, later. And walks out the door. I mean, like, right, and I'm watching. I'm like, what did, oh, well, you know what? At least it was easy. Because I probably would have cried and, you know, nobody wants that. Yeah, well, I think, I think for me, because, because I'm a woman, you can hug people a lot more easily as a woman, right? Right. You know. That, yes. Um, so yeah, I can, I can hug people goodbye, but you know, I'm not going to make a speech. <laughs> like, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't composed anything. I didn't have like poetry, you know, a folk song. I didn't have any of that, but I figured, you know, a handshake. I mean, I would have given the guy a hug, but it wasn't oh, yeah, going mean, to happen. I'll, I'll like give somebody a hug goodbye, but. Okay. I think I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. And I think because sure. I tend to, I tend to attract people a lot like myself, which is just like a bit of a fuck it personality type. Sure. So we don't mess around a lot. We don't butts around as, as my grandma used to say. See, that's good. So I, th- I think because I, I tend to attract that type, I don't really get these long drawn out goodbyes. Like, Okay. You know I'm never going to see you again. I know I'm never going to see you again. Let's cut the shit and just be like, this was awesome. Sweet. Bye. Okay. Because it's the same here. I tend to attract people like I am, which is needy, nervous, and neurotic. And so, you know, saying goodbye is... (laughs) You're an anomaly. It sounded good. I thought it would be funny. (laughs) I am actually needy, nervous, and neurotic, which means I don't attract people like I am because people people find out. They go, oh, God, I better, I'm going to, hey, I got a thing with a guy in a place that that time, so I better go. (laughs) I go, okay, but, but, okay, sure, bye. Yep. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Yeah, later, bye. Okay. All right. I really do thank you so much for for agreeing to be on this. Thank you again. You're 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 a rollicking you're a rollicking time. <laughs> thank you. I'll put that on my epitaph. You should. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Well, speaking with Robin is always an experience, and this episode was no exception. Robin, I hope someday I'll be able to travel to exotic Canada to see you in person. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Why Are You? If you'd like to hear more, please consider subscribing using the links you're going to find in the show notes. But until next time, just remember that burning question. Why are you?